0: at the beginning of this year, we've done what Matthew 6.33 has said, "'Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you.'" And we've, we've gone on this chosen fast as Isaiah 58 outlines. So just a show of hands has anyone experienced any of those things, the loosing of the bonds. Any anyone experienced that during the fast? Amen. Okay. So it's been it's been worth it, amen, and it's only the beginning. And I think the fast for me has helped me to recognize where I am in terms of my hunger and my thirst for his righteousness. That's really Um, uh, that's really come through um, uh, my hunger and thirst for his kingdom, for other people. And, um, you know, um, spiritual stamina is important. And why would it even be important to recognize that, um, to have spiritual stamina? Um, Because we've needed that to get through the fast. Amen? And so um, the reason I believe it's so powerful and it will be powerful in the year ahead is because continual prayer and fasting is going to usher in revival. That's that's gonna be the entrance way for revival, is gonna be our prayer and, and the fasting that we do. So by all means, we're not finished fasting. Amen. You know, the devil never takes a day off. He will try and keep those that are in bondage and those that are that he has captive, and he won't let them go. He doesn't want to let them go, but he must be bound. So, that it's the church's job, it's our job to bind him and to destroy the opposition that he has to the kingdom of God. And so, he's not giving up anybody easily. Was there, is there anyone in here that that was found it very easy? I think most of us. Experienced a struggle when we came into the kingdom. Thank God for the people that prayed for us. So sometimes people that are bound are not simply going to be set free by a rote script, a rote prayer, or, a, or confessing a scripture. There's more to it. And I want to show you that quickly this morning in Matthew chapter 17, verse 19. You know the, the story. The disciples are asking Jesus, Why couldn't we cast out this demon? From, 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 from this man or from these people. And um, at the end of that, in verse 21, Jesus says to them, this kind, referring to this type of power, demonic influence, power, entity, does not go out except by prayer and fasting. And the prayer that the Word is talking about there is earnest prayer, earnest prayer okay? It's earnest. And I think Jesus is making the point, certainly I got when I was meditating on this, this is the point that came across to me. We can fall into the trap of assuming that there's just a single level of prayer, amen? And that's all that's required. But that, I've found out, is not all that's required. We need our prayers to be infused with ever-increasing faith, amen? And We have to know that it's necessary to press in. Now, that's a kind of a Christianese word, press in. Why don't you just go and press in some more? But the reality is that we, our prayer, will involve greater effort. And greater effort involves greater stamina that we have to go on. And so, there's a type of prayer and fasting that's going to draw more from us this year and I want to encourage you. I really believe that we'll turn a corner in this church, um, in terms of prayer. It takes effort to sustain prayer. It, it's, it, it's sometimes it's we have to be tireless. We're called to be tireless. But what's the easiest thing to become tired? We become tired, isn't it? But prayer that is unceasing, prayer that goes on, prayer that is effectual is prayer that releases miracles. It's prayers that sets the captives free. Amen. And I think if we would just think about this, we could have, we have the victory, but we can walk in it if we remember that through prayer and fasting, we can really change people's lives. We can really bring the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven to earth. And so, when we need assistance, heavenly assistance, angelic assistance to break satanic resistance, we need to pray. There is no... We can't just go through the motions. We need to pray. Prayer that releases angelic assistance. Prayer that, that... prayer that is, is, is operates in the principles of the Word, the blood of Jesus, the name of Jesus, the authority of the believer, and so that we can bind the strong man that's holding the captives. So, this is, is this not the fast that I have chosen to loose the bonds of wickedness? And you read through Isaiah 58, it's about people that are held in bondage. And they're completely imprisoned, and they're trapped. And so, where normally, when I was in school, in primary school, when we first got to South Africa, my first primary school, there was a boy who would wait for me at the school gates every day. And I was petrified of him. And I would, I would, I would try and find another way out of the school. But he was like the strong man at the gate, intimidating and he was intimidating me and he was preventing me from going out and coming in with freedom and we have to understand that unless we bind the strong man at the gate we will be hindered from going out and coming in in freedom amen we will we need we need the entrance of what is good to come into our lives and we need the exit of what is righteous to go out of our lives and so in acts 12:5 it says there that Peter was in prison, and it says there, but constant prayer, some translations say prayer without ceasing, was offered to God for him by who? The church. He was in prison, and the church offered prayers without ceasing for him. Verse 7, although there's soldiers and guards and everything, verse 7 Behold, an angel of the Lord stood by him, and a light shone in the prison. And the angel of the Lord, can you imagine? Nudging, get up and follow me. Get up now and follow me. We're leaving. Amen. An angel of the Lord. That angel of the Lord, if you read the word and you study that passage, was a celestial angel of the Lord, an angel of light. And he was in that cell, and that angel was released by the prayers of the church. Do you see how important this is for this year? Amen. And so, you know, we take the first month of the year to fast and pray. It's a strategic time of the year to do that. And when we take and we take note of strategic times and places, our prayers get amplified. Our prayers are amplified. They're more effective. Amen. I'm not saying that our daily prayers, which we always pray over breakfast or whatever for our loved ones in our family, are not. But there is a binding of the strong man. There's more. There's some. Some of the folks talk about things that have broken in their lives, relationships, addictions, and things like that. So, you know. Our prayers are critical to the release, not only of those who are held captive, but us, because I know that there are still people here today, including myself. I have areas of imprisonment in my life, and we need His prayers. We need, we need our, the prayers of the church. Paul and Sy- Silas are in, in Acts 16. They're in, in, in uh, prison, the inner prison, because there was a woman following them around with a spirit of divination and they gave her they told her where to go and told her to be quiet in the name of Jesus. The people heard it turned against him, chucked him a prison. But what does that verse say? It says about midnight. At midnight Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God and the other prisoners were listening to them. And a strong earthquake shook the foundations of the prison and their chains were loosened. They were praying at midnight. They were praying at a certain watch of the night. There's different watches through the night when you can pray. You can get up at 3 a.m. and pray till 6 a.m. That's a prayer watch of the night. There's different strategic times and places when we can pray. And so, this happens here, and the jailer rushes in, and and I think, wow, Paul and Silas must have been high-value prisoners because he was ready to kill himself because he thought, these guys have escaped. And so, anyway, they they see what's happening, and they say, do not be afraid. Eventually, we know the story, the jailer's household is saved. Amen? But it's at a strategic time. So when we come together as a church this year to pray, corporately, that's we pray at a strategic time. When we pray personally, remember there's strategic times to pray. Amen? When there's souls in bondage, we need to pay, take heed of the strategy that we use where and when we pray. Amen? And so, otherwise, we just get into a, into a habit. And so, I believe this year that maybe we need to be prepared to sacrifice some of our comfort to pray through the night watches. Yes. Amen? Yes. Amen. And I, I know that sounds, oh my, that sounds like, uh, you know, that sounds hard, but I believe that when the strong man is bound, whatever has been revealed and whatever has been hidden is, 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 is exposed. Amen? And when it's exposed then we can deal with it. There's many issues in our lives that try and bind us. There's things waiting at the gate in readiness to bind us, personal issues, church issues and family issues and all of these things are always waiting to try and, you know, bind us. But when we intercede, like we said, the, 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 the theme of uh, our fasting, revi- fasting, prayer and fasting for revival, that's why we were fasting and praying and interceding. And I said to you last week, interceding is basically standing in the gap for someone else, so that we can reveal what is hidden, and we can pray into situations. So, when we bind the strong man, we can deal with things that are responsible for depression, for setbacks, for pain, and all of these. And I know that I don't have much time this morning, and I'll I'll give my notes to anyone that wants them. I want to get this final point across. In Acts chapter 3, Peter and James go to the gate, beautiful at the temple, and we know who's waiting there. Every day, the man who's lame from birth is brought there, and he's waiting, and he asks for alms from the people that come there, all right? Peter and James go there at the, th- at the um, ninth hour of the day, the 3 p.m., a strategic time, and here's this man sitting there. We, we A lot of us know the story. So, they're going to have an encounter with this man, and they're in the right place at the right time to answer a question that in some way is really hidden, okay? The man's presence, this lame man who was at the gate beautiful every day is making a statement, that subconsciously people may or may not be picking up on, and I'll tell you what that is in in a minute. So they're at the temple gate, beautiful. People come there to seek the Lord, okay? They bring this man there for such a time as this. Well, what's the time? To ask for money? To ask for alms? No, it was more strategic than that. Even the man himself did not know why he was there. He was there for the for the for a time of fulfillment that he didn't know about what was the time of what was the time of his fulfillment his healing amen so if you look at the at the greek word for um, when you the gate beautiful that the greek word is horian where we get the word hour from okay so the definition is something that happens in a season or a time okay so, he's there and at the gate beautiful, which means horian, a place or a time, a season, okay? So, I want to read this out of my concordance to you. And hora, the Greek word, is a finite season, a limited time or opportunity to reach a goal or fulfill a purpose. It is a limited period to accomplish the Lord's specific purpose i.e., the hour in which specific circumstances prevail exactly like that for a limited time. So imagine, um, actually Jim told me this morning, because he had read Pastor Tom's book, about um, five hours. In five hours, he found his mom in when he was visiting Scotland, because he, he had been put up for adoption. There are certain things that happen in a specific time period, and they are divinely ordained in that time, all right? So everything, we know Ecclesiastes 3.11 says that everything will be made beautiful in its time, amen? So here they are at the gate beautiful. Now what are gates? Gates are entranceways to nations, to places, to people, to our lives, and the enemy occupies a place at the gate so that he can decree and he can speak out things. And we were just hearing this morning what we say is is powerful, isn't it? So he makes all of these decrees, and so he's there at the gate. Amen? And so when we pray at strategic times and in strategic places, we're doing... uh, at, at the right time, then we decree and overturn what the enemy is trying to sp- to speak. Amen. Do you believe that? So the man at the at the gate, beautiful, is physically lame, but the statement his life is making when he is lying there is: Is there any healer in Israel? Is there anyone here who can heal me? Okay. So, Peter sees the man. In the natural, he sees the man's lame, but spiritually, he sees the opportunity for Jehovah Rapha to heal the man. So, there's the opportunity at the gate for the healer to come in. Amen. So, the healer comes in. So, this, whatever the statement that the enemy is trying to make, there's a place and a time when we can overturn what the enemy is trying to do. So what Peter does is he deals with the strong man who's at the gate. And this gate, Solomon's porch, was one of the most vital gates of the whole nation. Amen? And so he then goes on to speak to everyone. Of course, you know what he says. He says to everyone, when they see what happens and the man is leaping and dancing and he's healed, Straight away he's he gets picked up. The people are amazed, and, they, and Peter says to them, "Repent, repent, and turn to the Lord." Basically, I'm paraphrasing that: "Repent and turn to the Lord." And I thought, "Wow, that's amazing," because in two, we are talking about revival in two Chronicles, chapter seven. Who knows this scripture? the Lord appeared to Solomon by night and said to him, I've heard your prayer and I've chosen this place for myself as a house of sacrifice. And if you go to 14, it says, If my people who are humbled, if if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven and I'll forgive their sin and I'll heal their land. And so I thought, hmm, where did that happen? Solomon's porch, the same place, at the gate. So this a prophetic decree is made by the Lord at Solomon's porch to Solomon, in the same place, the same area where the lame man was healed, promising that if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, I will I will I will yeah? I will heal their land. I will forgive their sin and heal their land. That sounds like revival to me. I will forgive their sin and heal their land. So the the healing of the lame man was really the entrance of God as healer into the people of Israel. Amen? And so revival really is the healing of a nation. It's the healing of a heart Revival is the healing of our heart. If, uh, when, you br- you, when you bring something that is dead back to life, you revive it, amen? And so I wanted to get that message to you this morning. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, for future content, please subscribe. And if anything spoke to you or was relevant to you, please leave a comment. If you want to find out more about the church, how to support the ministry or connect with us, then go to bridge-church.com. So until next time, thank you for joining us and goodbye.